0: is here he's a staff writer at the athletic and he also works with the totally football podcast the totally football yearbook is out now i think you may want to peruse this book this bank holiday monday there is a day-by-day diary of the 2020 2021 english premier league season and julien laurent is among many writers covering European football he's writing about the season his beloved paris Saint germain didn 't win League one Nick what else have you got in there
1: the uh, all the EFL divisions as well France Germany uh, Italy and Spain um, the WSL uh, there's some brilliant profiles of some sort of key figures in football uh, some sort of more general long reads kind of assessing the state of the game in 2021 and this kind of very sort of odd time that hopefully we're all sort of just coming out of now and the idea of it and this, this has become even more kind of pertinent with what's happened over the last year is that it's supposed to sort of document a, a, a time in the game and um, be a sort of reference point to where football was in uh, in 2021 even if I do say so myself I think it's done that pretty successfully.
0: Well, Congratulations and it's um, not the first podcast to become a book the abiding memory i have of the football ramble book is that they were very impressed with themselves for sniggering at the wankdorf stadium
1: <laughs> i mean i could uh, well i probably should take the moral high ground here and uh, giggle uh, uh, and sort of you know look down upon on the football ramble and condemn their giggling at the wankdorf stadium but in fairness i do find the wankdorf stadium pretty funny as well so i i haven't actually read the the uh, Football. Football Rumble book. Uh, when, when, did that, when did that come out? Was Ooh, five years
0: ago, but... ago-ish. Because um, yeah. I, I knew who Pete Donaldson was, but I never yeah. um, listened to the show because it's bants bants bants. And there is a place for Bance in the Football Library. Once you get past Roy oh, yeah. Keane at the door, and I should say, Nick, you get your Football Library membership card. Which of the uh-huh. very many Totally Football contributors do you want on your library card, or do you want Glanville?
1: Well... I think I'll say, I, I, I do have to say, well, while it would be delightful to have Glanville on the uh, on my card, I do have to say one of the contributors. And I think i have to say Daniel's story, partly because he's a brilliant writer and partly because I've known him since he was two years old. Aww. So, every, I know, it's lovely, isn't it? Every I don't have uh, kids, so every sort of professional accomplishment that Dan makes is about as close as I get to paternal pride. <laughs> um uh, yeah he's just been uh, appointed as the chief football writer for the i news and I, you know my little heart swelled up with pride that um uh, after he got that so i'll I'll take Dan on my
0: card please you are more than welcome um is he not scared that they'll take the job away in the very last minute against Swansea when they score a last minute goal
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, well i mean that, that that's a um <laughs> that's uh you have perhaps unwittingly tapped into a, a huge element of dan's personality, which is he he he's a wonderful man and a, a brilliant writer yeah. um but also a significant fretter so he's i'm sure he's always worried that um there's going to be some kind of last gasp uh whipping away of his um uh, of his position
0: but, he didn't he uh, didn't he, fret so much when he came into the football library. we talked about his great book about Gaza his book about canton portrait of an icon. That he'd done for mm. Bobby Robson, but he is a superstar, and more people should know of the work of Daniel's story. And there are not many chief football writers in the UK. There's exactly. only about ten.
1: The, the great thing about Dan is that it's all—it's—it's it's his promotion to this position and, and his success with with his various books is all a sort of meritocracy. In in as much as you can have a meritocracy in something that is, you know, the the the, the um, perception appreciation of. Right any kind of writing, particularly football writing, is subjective. But he has kind of built his career up from you know from from not much really. He didn't train as a journalist. He's just has a uh, you know as as he probably discussed on your podcast. He is just a brilliant writer who uh, has a uh, a way of articulating. Um, an opinion which kind of uh, often makes you think, yeah, okay, I wish I'd written that or I I wish I'd had that sort of clarity of thought to um, distill what I kind of vaguely think into something coherent. And he's fantastic. He's he's built up his career from doing kind of occasional shifts on Football 365 years and years ago. And um, the Portrait of an Icon series, I suppose, was the thing that... I don't know, launched his career or brought him to the attention of a lot of people. And uh, now he is where he is. And he's, he's, you know, he's doing brilliantly and he's got his dream job. So it's fantastic.
0: Oh, uh, much like Henry Winter used to say he wanted to be Geoffrey Green. He wanted to be the chief football reporter at The Times. Dreams yeah. do come true. Much like my yeah. dream is to open a football library and Daniel's story will come along. Uh, he'll chat with his erstwhile colleague at F365, Johnny Nick, who... yeah. Um, We will have back in the library, I can't say why, Uh, he'll say why, he might have said by the time Bank Holiday comes out, but have you crossed paths with Johnny Nick on social media or even in real life? In
1: real life, well I I used to work for, uh, my, my first proper football writing job was on Football 365 so I worked with Johnny for six years, seven years nearly. And yeah, met him, met him a number of times. He he lives up in uh, lives up in Scotland now, but uh, yeah, met him a number of times. And he's he's a glorious man, wonderful writer. One of the things I miss about Three to Five is not is not being colleagues with him anymore.
0: But you're with uh, Muddy Knees now. You're on the Totally Football Network. You edit the Totally Football Show dot com, and you were particularly useful during lockdown, putting up a lot of stuff to do with was it to do with Gazetta Football Italia. Was that you?
1: Yeah, it, it, well, well, it was. It was me and James, really. James, ba- ba- basically, James found a bunch of tapes while he was going through his attic or something, and on these tapes happened to be old episodes of Gazetta that um, hadn't sort of made it onto the internet. That you know, you know, you can go onto YouTube and you can search for various clips from Gazetta, and there was that documentary that was out yes. on BT that, about Gazetta that was out a few a couple of years ago, which was wonderful. Found a way to convert these these old creaking vhs's onto digital formats and put them on the internet and i um as a sort of mini lockdown project when there was nothing else much going on i um put those up and you know it was one of those kind of surreal things where this was this was my job to watch old episodes of gazetta and write a little bit about them but yeah, they're they're, they're all still available on the the Totally Football website. Um, I, I I am the editor of the Totally Football but my, my job is more these days my day job more is a staff writer for the Athletic. You, you I, don't, I don't want people to kind of go onto the Totally Football Show to see kind of great contemporary long reads about the state of the game. Something that, that, that it's more kind of vessel for the podcast these days. And yeah, yeah, my my. My time is taken up with being a staff writer for the Athletic. And um, I mean, now uh, with the Tottenham Football yearbook having just come out a couple of weeks ago, uh, my job will now be to start work on the next one. Yep. Um,
0: <laughs> you get, it's like it a marathon stops. runner getting off the treadmill just for a drink of water. So the next one will hopefully not have the year's delay that it had um, last year into this year. Um, it's got 416 pages if you drop it from a third floor window you might well hurt someone but it, it actually it looks like wrapping paper it's got the gradations of wrapping paper so it would look really good under a Christmas tree um, for yeah. your educated football fan but my question is do the athletics still want to kill print media do the Athletic want to kill Daniel Story do you want to drown Daniel Story is that what you're doing Nick Miller
1: but well, I would object in the strongest possible terms Correct. to uh, any suggestion to Janus story, obviously. Yeah, that I, I I mean, I presume what you're referring to is a, that some comments made uh, a few years ago Spread by in your the toes. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um the, the the Athletics founders have sort of they 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 were, you know, youngish and brash and trying to make a bit of a wave and I think they regret the words that they used in that uh in, in those interviews. But yeah, I don't think they are they do want to drown football media they just want to sort of augment it and go about things in a slightly different more slightly slightly different way to to other people do them and you know there is is obviously uh, as the success of some some of the more traditional uh, local media there's a a place for both the athletic and that, that sort of more traditional local media newspapers yeah, and, um, and, and prints and so on
0: it's certainly fascinating watching the athletic I've spent the last six months only paying a quid my subscription actually comes up for tender next week so I, I doubt that I'll be given the one pound off I might have to take a code from you just do the hmm. do the sales pitch how do people join the athletic and with a discount Ah
1: well, um, the I believe the discount at the moment is you can get sixty percent off. I think it is. I, 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 there are there are a number of offers um, going at any one time, and I sort of do slightly lose track. But um, for anyone unfamiliar with the Athletic, it's a uh, general sports, but in the UK gen- specifically football uh, website and app, which has in-depth coverage of every Premier League team five or six of the championship teams as well, as well as other kind of long form journalists from uh, journalism from people like uh, Daniel Taylor and o- Oliver Kay and Adam Crafton and, and uh, Raphael Honigstein, uh, James Horncastle, various other people who were, you know, were on the, the totally football show. Uh, and uh, is also a pretty big podcast network, which uh, includes, obviously, the Total football and, um, Totally Football uh,
0: uh, Show, Totally Football League Show, Totally Scottish Total football, football League Show, The Offside Rule, um, Galazzo, The Offside Rule, Tifo,
1: lots of uh, the football cliches, mm-hmm. various kind of various excellent podcasts. If you don't aren't already a subscriber, I would uh, very much suggest you go to theathletic forward slash totally where you will firstly you will get um uh, an amount of money off i'm not quite sure what it is at the moment but also the totally football show will get created for driving some subscribers to you so you'll really be doing us a <clears throat> really be doing us a big favor if you did that as well so you know do
0: it for us and also buy this totally football yearbook audiobook version two with the voices of james horncastle whom we were talking about before on air he could read the phone book. Uh, in his baritone. I love, I love the way he pronounces all the Italian. And when, you're, when I'm reading James Horncastle, I read it in his voice. So it's the best voice yeah. to read anything in. But yeah, getting Ollie Kay on board was great. Danny Taylor is the best football reporter of his generation. Uh, George Corkin, his pieces embedded in the Newcastle fans are great. But we're now in year three. Year three of The Athletic. You've got the brand recognition. People know. David Ornstein breaks every week that there's a new exclusive that he's got adam leventail's writing brilliantly on watford what is the ambition for the athletic if you can speak for them if you can speak for alexei who's the uh, managing editor and ed who picks all the kind of the general editor or vice versa what is year 3 for the athletic.co.uk looking like is it more just audio expansion now a
1: bit of a- expansion uh, uh, there's a lot going on with uh, Tifo as well if, it, if uh, everyone's not familiar with Tifo they do, They have a, um, a podcast and a brilliant YouTube channel with a videos uh, subscribers. yeah, yeah just TikTok runs a million subscribers they have videos that kind of explain things about football that might need explaining you know like for example i think there's one there was one that went up relatively recently explaining just how barcelona have managed to get themselves in whatever it was 1.3 billion euros which is just you know mind-boggling but the the videos like that explain it in a kind of fairly concise and, and very understandable way for people for people like me that kind of hear those numbers and the mind boggles and they don't really understand how it got to that stage in terms of what's next uh, for the Athletic, I think the first two years the expansion was kind of so rapid that I think I, I, I don't think and, and I, you know again I can't speak for everyone and there might be kind of big plans coming up or you know
0: so uh, World well Cup the, the, year they, they next have, year there better be big plans. yeah
1: I don't think that you will see the sort of the same sort of expansion and acquisition of various things like. You know, like last year for the for the TIFO and the Totally Football Show, um, it will just be a kind of more gradual expansion, a sort of just a, a sort of continuation of the the, the excellent coverage that uh, it provides on you know pretty much any any aspect of football. So, as I said, if you're a supporter of a Premier League club, then um, there is a dedicated writer just for that Premier League club. And you know they'll provide you with. You, you won't necessarily get all the you know, you know every kind of little quote from the manager and every sort of little bit of transfer speculation. But it, it's more about sort of in-depth quality rather than you know, yeah. quantity of coverage for, for those for those. Um, Premier League, and as I said, a few football league clubs
0: as well. There are books already on the shelves of the football library. There's At the End of the Storm, about Liverpool, Standing mm. Alone, about Manchester City. It would help if Chelsea pulled their finger out and won the Premier League this year. <laughs> and you've got lots of commentators. Is it Simon Johnson and Liam Twoney? Are they the Chelsea yes. writers?
1: Yes, they're yeah. the Chelsea guys. I, I think it's... Ablely by um, Dom Fivefield as well.
0: The great Dom Five, who's a Palace fan, but... Yeah. Yes. Everyone is allowed here. You've also got a forward by uh, a footballer, former footballer, and analyst. Have you read the greatest games, which is Jamie Carragher's book, based on his radio series, which is not an athletic?
1: No, no, I, um, I haven't actually, but uh, it, it is that is on my list. Yeah, Jamie uh, is a kind of regular listener to the like Totally Football Show, and he was on the podcast. Uh, i have been a couple of about eighteen months ago, mm-hmm. I think. Um, I think it was probably just before the world collapsed in on itself. Um, Jamie came on the podcast. He's uh, He was kind enough to, to do the forward for it. You can see through the analysis that him and Gary Neville and various other people do that they are, you know, you can't just do that by only watching football and not taking in anything else. But it is very nice to see that someone like Jamie Carragher, who could very easily just sort of ride on his reputation as, a, as a, an excellent former player, who's, you know, who's won the Champions League and played for England and, uh, you know, however many appearances for Liverpool. But he, he is always keen to sort of hear... Different things, and he hears those different things on on the Totally Football show. So that's um, it, it, he is a sort of genuine fan of the podcast, and I think I think one of the things he says in the the forward is that he sort of prays that we haven't covered some of the stuff that they are going to cover. On, on Sky, on the Totally Football Show, because, you know, it's sort of... <laughs> it's Can't do sort of like someone else has got to it first, yeah. So, um, yeah, he's a, a, a genuine fan and genuine listener to the to the pod, and it was, yeah, yeah really good of him to, to spare some time to do the good. forward for us.
0: And um, much like Totally Football is appointment listening, the Monday night programme with Gary mm-hmm. and... Uh, Red Nev and Red Carrot uh, is appointment yeah. viewing. And I think in the last 10 years, as the expansion of social media has grown the followers. I mean, Henry Winter has a million followers. Fabrizio Romano overnight seems to become the heartthrob of football media. And we're talking, I think, is it the day of transfer? I can't remember when the window slams shut. And as Adam Hurry would say, it can't do anything else but slam shut. It never kind of lowers laudably. Slam shut. And the football cliches is probably my favourite of the vast portfolio of athletic podcasts. But... Over the last 10 years, and you've seen this, just the coverage of analysis is getting better because the market wants that. I mean, I, some of the stats are a bit stupid. How, why do we care how much people run? Why do we care how many yeah. passes they make? It's about effectivity. So I, I wanted to ask, you've got Duncan Alexander writing, who probably is the best, up to Joe. Um, do you place more value on stats or your own eyes? I sort of
1: tend to... Uh, Sort of traditionally, on kind of my own eyes and what I can kind of see from that, and from being at games and so on. But the, as you said, the coverage of um, so ten, ten, twelve years ago, the uh, the analytics side of the game was was a sort of
0: it was a tool kind of for the people within the game.
1: Yeah, opinion. and it, and, it, and people that were writing about it, it was it was a fairly niche pursuit. I don't think a lot of people communicated the importance or the value of some of the statistics and some of the kind of you know analytical models and so on as well as they could have done. But as you say, over the last decade or so, that has improved immeasurably. And, uh, you know, I mean, just Duncan would would have been involved, is involved in um, The Analyst, which is a sort of new-ish site that Opta have uh, put out, which is brilliant, and uses statistics and uh, analytical models and, uh, you know, visual um, representations of, of those kind of analytical tools, um, Uses those brilliantly and in a very sort of uh, accessible way, which I think is something that was was lacking for a long time. I have to say that the uh, the, the people at the Athletic is, uh, do that very well also. But yeah, particularly in particular the the analyst, um, which is sort of Duncan and I think Matt Furness from Opta. they for
0: sort of Matt Furness? Yes, good lad. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fantasy football. I play. I guess you play.
1: You know what? This is the this is the first season in a while where I have said no, I'm not I'm I'm not going to do it because previously I um, uh, will pick a team and then lose interest by the end of September and just not touch it, and my team will just sit there and you know the chat around it will 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 be swirling, but I have sort of not done anything to the, the team I picked for a long time. I think last season was my record. I managed to. Retained some form of interest till about December, which was pretty impressive <laughs> for me. But this this time, I'm kind of uh, I've absolved myself from the my whole thing, and I'm not uh, I'm, I'm I'm not bothering.
0: I did. Do the Athletic deal with fantasy football? Do they have a fantasy football columnist? I don't think they do.
1: Yeah, there, there, there is. I, I confess, I can't remember what his name is. I don't um, have a there is. Yeah, yeah. there the, the, the is. That there are fantasy um football tips that go up on there and there is a, there is also if we could uh, bring you back to the deadly football yearbook there is a a guide from um matt langham who has uh, helped me enormously with the book with uh, copy editing and so on he wrote a piece kind of advice on how to be a top class fantasy football manager you know a few do's and don'ts and um things to look out for and things to avoid Good. um Uh, So, yeah, I had to bring it back to a plug for
0: the book. Um, Well, that's what you're doing here, because it is, as this goes out, Bank Holiday Monday, when everyone should have a pause. I thought about closing the library, but it never closes. It may close on Jewish New Year, which is the middle of September. Uh, We're doing a big Brian Glanville extravaganza in the middle of next month. I've got Brian Scovell, who has been in plenty of press box with him. But do you have any Glanville memories? Have you been in a press box with him or heard anecdotes?
1: I have, yeah. I mean, I, I think my favourite Glanville anecdote is um, the. So I'm a I'm a Forest fan, so I'm kind of you know schooled in the history of Brian Clough. And, yes. Um, he and he and Glanville were sort of, I think. Friends and occasional adversaries in the sort of glory years at, at Derby and then Forest. It, it was, it, I think, it was nineteen, possibly nineteen seventy-three in the European Cup when Derby got to the semi-finals against Juventus, and there were various kind of accusations of scudgery and Juventus kind of trying to influence the referees. I know it's, sh- it's a shocking concept, but try and get your head around it. you can. Clough afterwards said something along the lines of. Uh, to, to, to a group of Italian journalists with, with Glanville there as well, and I think Glanville could speak Italian. Uh, Clough said, "You're all a bunch of cheating bastards," and instructed uh, a, a then youngish and I think quite startled Brian Glanville to translate for the uh, thronged Italian press. So I, I just I, I enjoy the the thought of. Glanville kind of standing there and having to relay this kind of rather brusque <laughs> message from Brian
0: Clough to Bambino, the, um, Bambino. <laughs> press. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I, I have I've been in numerous press boxes with uh, with Brian Glanville, he's, he's a kind of resolutely old-school journalist. And I imagine he doesn't get on very well with technology. So I think these days he takes his grandson along to the games with him who, and then he sort of dictates his match reports to his grand, grandson who writes them all out and, and files them to the, to the hmm. relevant desk. I
0: must try but and speak is, to Josh he, because Joshy is the one yeah. who goes on. I also must speak to Mark who may be Josh's dad who is a, yes. uh, an opera singer. Um, but yes, Forrest, please look after Philip Zinkernagel. He wasn't quite good enough for Watford in the Prem, but um, you enjoyed Glenn Murray, so you seem to have got Zinkernagel in as a kind of bonus for this season. But Forrest, top half rather than top one
1: six. Of the, uh, yes, I think so. Yeah. Zinkernagel has been one of the, I mean, the season is, season is young, but Zinkernagel has been one of the few bright sparks from um, Forrest's still nascent season so far. So thank you very much for him.
0: Yeah, you're welcome. Um, it's Chris Hewton, isn't it? Yes. Yep. yes functional, functional, functional. But that is what—that's yeah. what got Forest some European cups, so I wouldn't complain.
1: Well, he—I uh, mean, uh, if he wins us the European Cup, then fantastic. But he—he he, he is sort of suffering a bit of a backlash at the moment for his, as you say, functional. Uh, football for our fans is sort of obviously it's the sort of thing that when it works, everyone thinks he's a hero. But when it doesn't, everyone wants you know someone more free-flowing and uh, attacking and you know a bit more perhaps enjoyable to watch. But I kind of I, I don't know whether I've just been watching Forest for too long, but I'm just kind of happy to have a, like a decent man as our manager. He's a thoroughly thoroughly good human being. You know, given some of the managers we've we've had in the. Uh, in the kind of recent past, I'm just sort of, I'm am just happy that we have someone uh, as a human being I can be kind of almost proud of to to say he's our manager. So, of course, I'd like for us to be winning more games or winning games at, at all. Hopefully, he'll. Uh, we're, we're recording this at the point where for us to play two league games and lost both of them. So. Hopefully, by the time we'll listen to this, then uh, you know things will turn around a little bit. And actually, I think it will be uh, this will be coming out a couple of days after Forest played Derby, which oh, is it.
0: The Brian Clough Derby.
1: Yeah, which oh, is a, a pretty terrifying prospect. Um,
0: no, you should I, have no problem there. Derby are in unless Ravel Morrison has a particularly amazing day. I think you'll. I mean, they couldn't even do the job against Ips. Uh, was it Ipswich? The useless. Uh, yes. Useless. The, the other book out this month is The Hard Yards. You might see Nigel Tassel's new book about the championship next to the Totally Football book, priced £20 hardback, £10 on the Kindle, and there is an audiobook version too. Uh, but I wanted to finish by doing something that Smash Hits used to do, which is, or like Fern Cotton used to do on kids' TV. Rather than go through a big list of all the writers who have appeared on the Totally Football Show, the Totally Football League Show, the Totally Scottish Football Show, Galazzo, or significantly, the Offside Rule podcast. And uh, we're talking a few days before the WSL kicks off as the Barclays Women's Soccer League. So, which football writer is the smartest
1: Probably Michael Cox. Uh, he's the sort of the big brain of uh, football writing for the for the Athletic, and obviously a regular on the tele Football Show as well. Dan Story, as we've mentioned, I've been being very nice about Dan, um, but he's got a big old brain. And then Duncan Alexander as well. Also, Sasha Gurionov is um, a ferociously intelligent man, and and he is sort of just as likely to tell you about you know. Some kind of arcane aspect of European history, as he is to tell you about you know what who Liverpool should be playing in midfield he's got equally strident opinions on all of those things, so uh, yeah probably one of those three probably sasha actually
0: I recognize sasha's name because he appeared on the first totally football show, the one which got to number one in the charts mm-hmm. we were talking beforehand um who's the laziest <laughs> i don't know really we,
1: this is we don't really have very many lazy people on the Tottenham Football Show. In terms of in terms of serious opinions about football, I, I mean, I'll probably have to say me. I, I, I kind of try and avoid that kind of thing these days. Try and sort of concentrate on the uh, more ephemeral and um, sort of more uh, light-hearted sides of the game, um, which is why I uh, enjoy going on the Football Clichés podcast. So if we're talking kind of uh, genuine opinions about football, then uh, I am probably the laziest.
0: Uh, the Football Clichés, it was once a week, now it's twice a week, so I don't know if it's going to be half as good twice a week or twice as good because it's twice a week. I hope it's the latter. Twice,
1: twice as good, 100% more content.
0: Indeed. Uh, and Adam Hurry's book, The Football Clichés, is in the football library. I love the questions that he puts out. What was it this <laughs> week? Uh, football Clichés will be out now. What date, day of the week? Is it Tuesday uh, and Friday? Uh, come,
1: is, is... Tuesday and Thursday. Tuesday and Thursday.
0: The, uh, no? yeah. He asked for what would you put in a welcome pack if someone came from abroad in the Premier League? That would be so I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to hearing about that. Um who is the most stubborn, hard-headed?
1: Michael Cox is pretty stubborn. He's he, he kind of sticks to his opinions and doesn't it, it shows pretty short shrift to <laughs> to anyone who <laughs> who will has a kind of a differing opinion perhaps. So yeah, probably him.
0: Good. And uh, the Totally Football Yearbook, which is out now, by the way, priced £20 hardback, £10 on Kindle. And there's an audiobook version, too. If I say it three times, then Michael Cox appears, doesn't <laughs> But Michael has <laughs> yeah, written... So. Yeah. Michael's written these two books, which are Zonal Marking, which is a history of European football, which is basically they invented it and the English bought it. And then The Mixer, which is one of the most unbelievable books of the last 10 years. It's Inverting the Pyramid, Duncan Hamilton standard. Rio Ferdinand and Brendan Rodgers come off well. But, big news, he's had a rebrand. Do you know about this? The podcast is not called think... Zonal Marking anymore.
1: Ah, yes. Yes, The Athletic, the athletic t- t- Tactics
0: Podcast, is that what it's called now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. he sold his soul to The Athletic. But then I suppose the <laughs> mortgage is quite nice to be paid off. Um, but this is The Athletic. It does impress me because yes, VC capital whoop whoop. But you've got a collection now of subscribers who pay money to almost reward you for the podcast, because the podcasts are freebie. It doesn't have to be through the athletic, but by tying yourselves to it, I suppose the comparison is like Ryan Murphy and Shonda Rhimes going to Netflix. They can do it independently. And this is where I bring in Ian McIntosh. Um and we don't have to talk about him for long. But the muddy no, let's, let's
1: not talk about that guy.
0: Cool. Uh, muddy needs Media It's brilliant. What he's done is brilliant. Uh, he is uh, the keenest player of football manager. and He's also written a book.
1: So several books about football. The most prominent, probably, being uh, his football manager book, which um, he's kind of returned to that. Over and now he's writing about football manager um, and kind of football gaming in general for the Athletic. So they have, he somehow managed to land the gig doing doing all
0: that. And in the book, he writes about whether football needs a reboot. The book was first worked on back in 2018. So three years on, it has finally come out for 2021, a few months before Christmas. Buy it for the smart football fan in your life. There will be another one next year. Nick Miller's the editor and contributions from Rafa Hernigstein, Julian Aron, Alvaro, Romeo... JJ Bull doing Scotland and Duncan Alexander and Daniel Story and Ian Mankintosh are there as well. Packed full of names. You've got a whole squad's worth of writers. The Totally Football Yearbook out now. Thank you to Nick Miller for popping into the football library this bank holiday weekend. Just like the library, just like the library.